show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton. Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us this fine Tuesday evening. It is good to be with you. Let's do the intelligent thing and uh, go to God in prayer and invite him in. Father, we come to you. Thank you. Thanks for an opportunity to, again, uh, encourage one another to be able to pray to the creator of the universe, to ask you to intervene in uh, those things going on in life and around us. And we just ask you, Lord, show yourself strong. Even tonight, uh, we ask you for confidence, and we ask you for peace, and we ask you for hope. Uh, May you be glorified, and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. We have a great show this evening. We are going to discuss some things that are coming up rapidly in our world. We are going to continue, for instance, our discussion on the vaccine for the coronavirus. There have been some new developments this week, and it's been very encouraging to those of you who are uh, on the fence or wondering, should I, shouldn't I, will I, won't I, and the like. Uh, We have some information concerning that. Also, some new information that is uh, getting more solid uh, um, understanding, and that is who the president-elect has appointed to be his COVID-19 director. That's going to influence him in making his decisions concerning these things. Why are these important? Oh, man, now you're getting political, Pastor Vince. No, I'm not getting political. Uh, I'm choosing to discuss issues that are relevant to the people of God and concern God's word. If people want to politicize issues that I don't necessarily believe should be political issues, I don't know that health care issues and personal health care decisions should be political issues, but if they choose to make them political issues, that's their business. Uh, but there is also the responsibility as a pastor to be able to speak the truth in love and to help bring calm and encouragement and hope and peace to people. And whatever side of the political fence you fall, um, please don't let that uh, cause you to lose your hope, regardless of what transpires. You know, if you are one who is saying that this election is good for our country, that means that for the last four years you've been suffering. And if you are one who says this election is not good for this country, that means that um, for the last four years you have not, and now you, you may anticipate entering into a time of suffering. Either one, in the midst of all of it, we can have two things that God promises us, and that's hope and joy. The first being peace. So we're going to look at all of those. But first, I said we're going to talk about the vaccine. It's interesting that, again, more people this week have uh, called me and encouraged me because they have, uh, it's been an encouragement to me that some have taken it, and it's been an encouragement to me that others are not. Why is that encouraging? Because they are making choices that are polar opposite. It's because so far I have not seen the condemnation or the cancel culture infect the decision-making process so far. It has been such that, for instance, there are those who, signed up to be part of the the studies, the thousands of people who uh, took advantage of uh, being called and asked if they would take either a placebo or take one of the vaccines to test it on humans, that those persons now are, you know, uh, they're bearing the fruit of what it is that is the vaccine. Some of them have had their blood drawn and antibodies taken, and it's been helpful Some of them may or may not have even had the vaccine. They were given placebos. I don't know where that leaves them, what that, uh, what informations are, um, what information is going to then be uh, given to them so that they can make the next intelligent decision. Um, But I do know this. I, I, I now see that People, even though they're uh, making these decisions, that no one is coming by and saying, oh, no, for shame, for shame, for shame. Can't believe that you have done this or not done that. And um, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that we now have uh, people that are coming together with, um, with saying, look, it's your decision. 
It's your health health choice. It's your whatever decision you choose to make because you choose to make it as long as you believe it's best for you and your family. Well, who am I to argue with you making that decision? And it's good to see people respecting one another like that. The second is now more and more people are taking the vaccine. So we now have more and more general, more public information. There are those who are having some responses and reactions to the vaccine. There's some that have had the normal vaccine reactions. Oh, no, my arm swelled up. Well, of course your arm swells up. Anytime you get any needle in your arm, your arm swells up. Oh, this one really hurt. Uh, as opposed to the other needles did not really hurt. Okay, maybe, maybe this one might have hurt more. Maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't say I wasn't there. I didn't get one. But those are not the ones that I'm concerned about. You know, whether or not the needle hurt a little more or whether or not my arm got a little bit more red, those are not the, the reactions that I'm looking as at as adverse reactions. Are you getting major headaches now? Is your vision blurred? Do you, you know, have some, some side effects? And by the way, that, that's a misnomer, the word side effects. There's no such thing as side effects. There's just effects. There are desired effects and there are undesired effects, but they're not side effects. You know, the same medication that you might take for depression might also be useful for lowering blood pressure. That same medication might also be useful for someone to help control their appetite, just for instance. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one. I, I don't pretend to be one. I just pay a little bit of, of attention to things. And as you read and as you start to pay attention, you start to see these things. So you have to say, what are the desired effects, but what are the overall effects? And when you start to read the overall effects, you start to, to hear those things. Man, if we paid more attention to those overall effects, then I don't think they would be as quick to run and ask our doctor about the new medication I saw advertised. There's some person who formerly is not happy now as a result of taking this medication that I've never heard of now is happy. So I'm supposed to ask my doctor about that medication. I don't know what it does. I don't even I need it. Now I'm supposed to go and recommend a medication that can potentially alter, according to these things, my DNA, my RNA, and can cause major changes in my life forever, reproductive and the in a bone growth in the cell region. I'm supposed to do that because an advertisement says I won't be happy unless I ask my doctor about it. Oh my goodness, where have we come from? And then at the end of the commercial, you hear somebody read really fast, some side effects may contain, and then I'm horrified at some of those side effects. And then you realize they're not side effects. They're just the undesired effects. Sometimes the effects of the medicine are, uh, are not the ones that we would like to have uh, affect us. But they do affect people with those things, and we need to be very careful. Which brings me to this. You know, the, the vaccines that are available, uh, I know that there are two. I forget the, the companies that are making them. I don't have the information in front of me. Again, I'm not a physician. But the two vaccines, one has a, like 21 days between getting the first and the second dose, and the other one has like 28 days between getting the first dose and the second dose. I don't know if there are other differences other than that. I don't know what part of the body they attack, where they were manufactured, what type of animal they use to reproduce the virus. But that is what is important to me. And for me, the testing, of course, the limited testing, the pressure overall to take the vaccine. And as I said before, the number one reason for me to be leery of it is I have gotten over the last year misinformation deliberately given to me by those who have a responsibility to tell me the truth. What do I mean by that? When I am told, do not take this um, pre-action, this anything that, that can be done to uh, stave off preventative measures. Uh, these will not help you. And then they said, well, we only told you that because you would run out and go and get all of that and we needed it. Starting with the masks, then getting to zinc and vitamin D. 
And now the studies that are coming in said, oh, man, zinc is really a helpful thing. And by the way, vitamin D is critical. And those that have normal or good levels of vitamin D are less susceptible to the terrible effects of COVID-19. But they knew that early on and deliberately withheld that information from us because they had a reason. Whatever the reason was, they called it for the public good. And for the public good, they did things like send our parents and grandparents back to nursing homes, where we know the outcome of that was terrible. And now we're told, but take this vaccine because it is completely safe. And there are those that for religious grounds or even because they don't approve of vaccines being germinated or uh, in infecting monkeys and taking monkey blood and making that into a vaccine and injecting that into humans. There are those for religious grounds do not approve of such. I can tell you, I don't like it. I don't know that I have a a scriptural mandate against it, but it scares me whenever I have something that has been put into another, we'll call it another animal's body made to reproduce there and then stick that blood into my arm, even in smaller, minuscule amounts, that should concern you. It concerns me. I don't know what the risks are. I don't know that anyone truly does. And whatever the risks are, they're not being posted very well because they're difficult to find. Now, the reason we're even discussing it tonight is just to twofold. One is to encourage you that if you take the vaccine or at this point choose not to take the vaccine, the overwhelming majority of people are not going to shame you for your decision. They're going to allow you. I know that there's a big when religious leaders stand up and say, for religious reasons, we believe you should not take the vaccine, that that is getting some traction from and people are paying attention to it because they really don't want religious concerns to minimize the health or uh, endanger the health of the population. I can understand that too. I understand the position. I I just believe that we're free to make those decisions for ourselves and our family. You know, I understand that that taking vaccines in general uh, is not and should not be from my perspective, mandatory. But those in the population would say, yes, but if we don't have mandatory vaccines, then polio is going to come back. Well, I understand the argument for that, but I also understand the fact that people still have the right to be able to put into their own body what they believe is best for them and for their family and certainly for their children. And not necessarily does the government always know um, what is absolutely best. They, they know what is best in the moment for their purposes, but they do not necessarily know what is best long term or how this is going to, to play out in the future. And if you don't believe me, you can just Google any of the class action lawsuits over the years of things that have been done that we have been told are good for us that now turn out to be terrible and in many cases life-threatening. So when we make our decisions, we should be responsible in making our decisions, prayerfully concerned about making our decisions, and then make those decisions. If you want to get counsel from someone, you can start by getting counsel from your doctor and find out what your doctor says. So, Pastor, you're telling me that the doctor knows more than... My pastor would know. I'm like, very probably when it comes to the medical end of things, your doctor probably knows much more than your pastor. Your doctor probably has in-depth study on this, understands, and can answer your questions, and that is very probably the most important thing. He can answer your questions. What do you have doubts about? What are your, uh, your concerns? And whatever they are, you want to get them addressed. From whom do you want to get them addressed? The internet? YouTube? Some media site that's going to give you information? Or worse yet, some forum group that's going to give you opinions? Or would you rather go get those questions answered from someone who, if that doctor cares for you, will tell you the truth? I can tell you I have a good doctor. 
my doctor will tell me the truth. And my doctor will tell me whether something is risky or not risky and what the risks are so that with his good counsel and advice, good decisions can be made. We do not live in a world where the Gestapo is going to come and hold you down and stick you in the arm with a needle yet. That day may come. It may come sooner if for no legitimate reason people are fearful without the facts available and they just willfully say we cannot do it on religious grounds without having made a prayerful determined consideration as to that being the conclusion and, in fact, the response that they want to have. If they come to that conclusion after they have prayerfully considered, weighed the options, learned what it is that they're really talking about and what is their, they are afraid of, and maybe their fears can be assuaged, and if they are not, then they should make that, that decision and stick to it for their family. But if it's just because I think there's something that might be wrong with it, uh, that's a good place to start to begin your, um, your investigation, but it's not a place to land. So begin the investigation, work the investigation, and come to a conclusion. The second reason I wanted to talk about it is this. There is a new vaccine that I have another friend who is also a physician, and he pointed me to this new vaccine that's coming out, and it's called Novavax. And apparently the Novavax vaccine, and I do not know much about the Novavax vaccine. I know there are videos concerning it, but the I guess the thumbnail of it that my doctor friend told me about is this, that it is made to replicate the virus. It's going to trick your body into producing the antibodies to attack the virus, even though it is not made or produced in the life blood of a monkey is the best that I can come up with. I don't remember whether it is in a, a fat cell or what it, where it is made, but it should, according to um, him, and I, I have the video and I've Tried to watch a little bit of it, but I'd rather him just take out his crayon and sketch me some drawings of it. But the reality is it comes down to this, that it is it is not something that those who would have concerns about injecting an animal's blood into their body would have to be concerned. It's not something that has to say, this is that which is going to change your DNA or your RNA. This is something that will just trick your natural immune system into generating the defenders to come and attack this virus when it is presented. I'm also told that things like vitamin D and zinc that you have been taking will not kill this vaccine so that it can do its job and that the, the effects of this, I almost said side effects, but the effects of this will not be as deleterious or as terrible as some of the others. So I'm looking at this with uh, both eyes open, saying, I wonder if this is going to be an answer to those who may have legitimate concerns. Uh, and, you know, some of those concerns, they're, they're based in reality and rational thought. If animals um, processed things the same way as we, then their blood would be more useful, but it's not. Animals and animal blood is not useful or helpful, typically, as far as I know, to humans, yet we mass produce our vaccines in animals, then withdraw some of that, and I don't know the procedures. Again, I've, I would have to just, I'm in the same boat as many of you. My information is limited. I could Google it, but that would be my best guess, and to find out how it is produced. So again, I talk to my doctor. When I talk to my doctor, my doctor says things like, uh, I've looked into that. What are your concerns? And then we discuss my concerns. And then hopefully he can help me with my concerns. You know, as a pastor, I have to be able to say, uh, when I speak concerning subjects like this, sometimes I get to say, I don't know. I'm as in the dark as uh, the average individual. But what are the scriptural ramifications or the spiritual ramifications? That I have a responsibility for.
so that I take seriously and I, I look at in great detail and depth. Let me start with this one. Is this vaccine the mark of the beast? Well, I have two responses to that. My first response is a little bit controversial. Uh, that is this, that the mark of the beast will be taken by those who are here during the tribulation period. I do not believe that the church, the bride of Christ, is going to be here on earth during that tribulation period. I believe that we are snatched away, we are raptured, and we are in the clouds, and we will return with Christ Jesus at his second coming at the end of the tribulation period when he will come in judgment and rule and reign with a rod of iron. That day has not come. So I don't believe that Christians are here during that tribulation period, so we will not be confronted with knowing with receiving the mark of the beast. The second is this. I believe that the mark of the beast is taken knowingly. And it's more than just saying, if I don't take this mark of the beast, I'm not going to be able to buy nor sell. But it goes deeper, and it is I align myself with, and I give at the very least general approval of the one to whom I'm giving my allegiance by taking this mark of that beast. So when you look at these things and you say, does this vaccine meet that criteria? The only way this vaccine meets the criteria, and we'll look at this after the break, we're going to look at the word mark of the beast, and we're going to look at what that means. But in just a couple of minutes, we're going to take a break here, and I encourage you to call in if you have a comment or questions. Our phone number here is area code 609-593-9654. Again, 609-593-9654. One day, maybe in the coming weeks, I'll invite one of my doctor friends to come and join me on the show. And if they're free and available for a period of time, maybe they can join us and perhaps answer some of the questions directly. So uh, save them up. We'll get some, hopefully some advertisement out there over the next week or so, so that we can let you know uh, that this is coming up. And if you subscribe or if you let us know, um, send us an email, we will email you or text you to let you know when the doctor is going to be here to be able to ask questions and maybe have them answered. So uh, again, thank you. It's time for the producer to send us to a break. Thank you. Well, that was a brief one. No, the computer is booting up. Give it a minute and then it's just going to cut me off and interrupt me at some point. Uh, when Technology is wonderful when it works. Technology makes our lives easier when it's reliable. By their clothes, their age, the way they speak. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 Food Bank Strong. You're listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo on WNJHradio.com. Thanks again for joining us. We are back here. If you have a Bible in front of you, turn with me to Revelation chapter 13. We're going to look at this, the mark of the beast. And let's see where we... Okay, well, let's begin at verse 2. Of Revelation 13, the beast which I saw was like a leopard, a feet like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. His deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. That's important. All the world marveled and followed the beast. This is a was as if he were slain and rose from the dead. This is one who is the Antichrist that he will come to power. He is given his authority by Satan. And as a result, he is going to 
lead many astray. One of the things that's going to happen to him very probably, and all you can do is glean from this account, is there, there are two things you need to know. One is he comes to power by using great flowery words. He doesn't come to power by force. People want him. They choose him. They say, this is the one we've been looking for. He's got the answers. At some point, he receives a mortal wound, a wound unto death. And it's as though he rose from the dead. We don't know the particular surrounding it, but we know that all the world, verse 3, marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and now they're deliberately getting behind Satan and his power. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who's like the beast? Who's able to wake war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. That's three and a half years for those who keep track of such things. The seven-year tribulation period is broken into two halves of three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth, verse 6, and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tongue, tribe, and nation. All those who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Now, if anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience of the saints. I saw another beast coming up out of the out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. He exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence, causes the earth and all who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth inside of him. Now, he gives this great power. He is granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. The image of the beast should both speak and cause, as would worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both, this is the important verse, verse 16 of chapter 13, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, And here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. So what do we know here? This is not going to be a teaching on the mark of the beast. This is going to be a teaching on the coronavirus vaccine and whether that meets the criteria for being the mark of the beast. Step one, are we during the tribulation period? I believe not even a little bit. I believe that this world we're living in now, as terrible as it is, is like Disneyland compared to the, uh, should I compare it to Disneyland? Is that appropriate? Because Disneyland's pretty barren right now. It's like the, the best amusement park you've ever been to, as opposed to a time where torment is going to run rampant. We know that by this point, half of the world's population has been wiped out. The first event, a quarter of the world's entire population is wiped out. The second event, there are, of the remaining whole, one-third has now been removed, which means that, um, if you do the math, it means that half of the population of the Earth has been um, obliterated even at this time. So billions of people have died. He brings unity, and then he causes, after they... They see his great power. He's a unifier. We love him. We want him. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's terrific. Oh, I get tingles whenever I'm near him, that kind of a thing. That he then says, all small and great, rich or poor, free slave, must receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Now, the very word for mark is, let's see if I can find it, the word sharagma. Now, the word sharagma in the Greek means to pierce under the skin. It can be anything from a needle to a tattoo to an identification mark or an identification chip. Some have thought very long and hard concerning this and said, could this be the identification chip, a universal? I, it fits more in line with an identification chip than it does a vaccine. 
although it can be a vaccine. I'm not saying it cannot. What I'm saying is it is something inserted under the skin, and when it is inserted under the skin, it will proclaim your loyalty to the one to whom it represents and his number. No one I can name is saying this vaccine represents one whom I worship who is an antichrist, and this signifies my allegiance to that one. The concerns are this. The concerns are some of those which, which are the applications of the mark of the beast. No one will be able to buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. This is a needle that is inserted under the skin, and no one will be able to perhaps even go in and buy and sell unless you have been vaccinated. That's a strong possibility. No one will be able to continue, perhaps, their employment. A big discussion of just a couple of weeks ago. Can employers require you to get a vaccine? And the overwhelming consensus is yes, employers can require you to get a vaccine as a condition of employment. What will that mean to those who claim religious exemption? Here's where it becomes political. I don't want to get political, but I need to know what's going on in the world. This is how I perceive it. The administration that's coming in under President Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris, they have a view that is, when it comes to things like religious exemptions, their view is different than mine. How do I know that? Well, Kamala Harris, when she was attorney general, she filed a brief on behalf, well, against Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby did not want to pay for, they called it um, procreative medical expenses. Hobby Lobby does not want to pay for abortions. Hobby Lobby does not want to have to pay for birth control. Uh, but they're not talking about birth control. They're really talking about abortions. And Hobby Lobby is a Christian-based company. It is family-owned, and they want to determine what health care they will provide. They don't believe in abortion, so they do not want to have to pay for that health care for their employees. They're not saying that the employees should not have it. They're saying they should not be required to pay for it. Kamala Harris believes that they should. The issue went to the Supreme Court. By the way, for those who are paying attention, the Supreme Court announced the decision, and the decision was that family-run businesses have the right to maintain their religious convictions, even if they're a large family business. If it's a family business, you may maintain your religious convictions. But the vice president of the United States does not believe that you should retain your religious convictions. She believes that your religious convictions are subject to the common law of the land. Again, why is that important? Because if you have a religious conviction, and there are many groups of religious people who do not take vaccines for religious reasons, one of these groups does not take any blood from any other person for any reason, and certainly will not take any blood from any animal or any medicine that has been produced in any other animal in their body. And they have a religious, up to this point, they have a religious right to do so. But that right is now being challenged because we have a massive pandemic of global proportions that are causing personal, we'll call them personal rights and liberties, to be set aside for this which is the better good of the overall condition of society. I'm not arguing the point. I'm not here to tell you I agree with it or disagree with it. Well, uh, I disagree with it. I I'll, I'll, can tell you that. Uh, I, but she's, she's personally allowed to hold that opinion, and that's fine to hold that opinion. 
However, when that opinion then becomes law, that's when we have a problem. Because the law will then state that you do not have the right to hold your religious conviction. Your religious conviction is subject to the government's review of your religious conviction to see if it is, in fact, in the public interest. I can't imagine our founding fathers saying that sounds like a good idea. Uh, But that's the world in which we live. And that's the reason why we need to fully understand what's taking place and make our decisions accordingly. Those things that you might believe are liberties uh, are being threatened. And they're and they're not being threatened because people are bad people. It's because, because there is sin in the world and sin is overwhelming and people will react to things without thinking it as far through as they should. So that there are people with good hearts who are going to say it's bad behavior for you not to take a vaccine. Shut up and take the vaccine. And if you're not willing to take the vaccine, then you are not permitted to go and buy and sell. You're fired from your job. Get away from me and uh, put this leprosy tag on you and go and die in the wilderness. You hater you. And I have a problem with that because that slope is very steep and very slippery. And if you open that door in this in this arena... It will never close, and you will then be subject to all of that which is determined. As a pastor, I can tell you that freedom to be able to preach the Christ of the Bible is under attack every day. The freedom to be able to say Jesus Christ is Lord comes under attack every day. The right to be able to say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God created the animals unique and different, and that God created animals, male and female, created he them, that just the ability to read Genesis chapter 1, word for word, is coming under attack. It because the government views it as hurtful and hateful. Talking to, if you are a clinician, if you're a psychologist or psychiatrist, and you are asked to help someone who struggles with their gender identity, you are already in the middle of a minefield because you may not help a minor with their gender identity to help or to suggest that they change, even if they want to change. You can't assist them. As a doctor, you're not permitted to give them the help that they need because the government has said it's not in the public's best interest. And to do so is, by legal definition, an act of child abuse. So any licensed um, doctor or psychologist who counsels a minor concerning their sexual identity, uh, you're in the middle of a, of a potential minefield. And no matter which way you step, you're opened up to litigation because anything you say can be interpreted as child abuse. Then they said, but for clergy, you can be exempt from that. So the law as written says, we believe it's absolutely child abuse, but we can't charge you with child abuse yet. But one of these days, as soon as we get the power, we're going to be able to charge you with child abuse if you try to talk people out of perhaps changing their gender, perhaps out of struggling with their gender identity, perhaps encouraging them to recognize that they should be blessed with the way that God has made them, that they should find the benefit in being either male or female as God has created them, that that is, by the legal definition, child abuse. They just cannot prosecute us for it currently. That's a problem. And it's a problem that we need to know about. And it's something that we in this state in New Jersey need to address. So when it comes to taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine, We as parents may or may not be given the choice or the decision because the choice or the decision 
will be made for us by those in the government that have the responsibility for protecting the population, and they may overrule your right to choose what's best for your child. It's a, uh, again, it's a slippery slope. It's something that we need to address and to look at and to be in encouraged by, well, I've got one more thing and then we'll get to the encouragement. So uh, I'm going to talk about this, then we're going to take a break and we'll come back with the encourage encouraging part of this. One of the things that we also find in the, the president-elect in his cabinet is he has appointed a COVID-19 uh, task force, and he is, uh, <clears throat> in his COVID-19 task force, he has a man who is going to head that, and his name is Dr. Emmanuel. And some of you may have heard uh, there is some controversy concerning him, this Dr. Emmanuel. The man is a uh, philosophy teacher, and he uh, teaches medical ethics courses at the University of Southern uh, Carolina. So he is, uh, everything that he says is out there to be read. One of the uh, problems is that the man holds a view, and his view goes something like this. I'm going to paraphrase it. You can look him up on your own. His view is this, that the older we get, the less productive we are, therefore the less valuable we are to society, so that no one should, in his words, or no one should desire to live past 75 years old. There are, of course, uh, exemptions to that, but 75 years old should be the cutoff. Anyone after 75 years old is... A societal drain. Their productivity goes down and the cost to maintain their life goes up. When the argument was presented to him, how about those who are living productive lives much longer than 75 years old and have none of those, we'll call them the drain factors that he speaks of? You would think that he would say, well, I said there are exceptions. That's not what he said. What he said is, what I find with most of them, now there's a us and a them now, what I find with most of them is that much of their so-called life is filled with amusement or entertainment. They just are enjoying their children, their grandchildren, or enjoying recreational activities. This is not productive work. That's a quote. This is not productive work. So in his mind, this has no value to society because the elderly have, in his words, no productive value to society, he has, of course, stated, these are my views, and I will not allow them to impact my judgment, uh, my decision-making or influence concerning the laws that are going to be passed down to you. <clears throat> Do I have to even say it? <laughs> of course if he just held those views, that would be one thing. But in his ethics class, apparently, according to one uh, journalist, in his ethics class, he now states this opinion that is held by him has to be held by others or else they need to be retrained. There are those that are just wrong in their thinking. So even though he says, this is my opinion— he clearly says, but it's the right one. And you that, uh, you that don't hold to this opinion, you are just wrong. So if you have a mom or a dad or you're 75 years old or 74, you're coming to a conclusion. And when it comes to protection from COVID-19, this is the man that's making the medical decisions for you. 
This is the man that is influencing the president concerning the medical decisions that will be made for you, made for my mother, made for my elderly friends, made for us in the few years ahead of us when we're going to get there. These, I mean, George Orwell would be shocked at what the, some of the stuff they're coming up with. Anyone that has ever, well, I don't need to go into the books, A Clockwork Orange or Soylent Green, anyone that reads uh, any of the writings and that we read growing up would look at this and say, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Well, it's not only happening, but it's happening in spades, and it's right under our noses. We know that bad decisions were made concerning our elderly loved ones when it came to whether they should or should not be put in hospitals or whether they should be put back in the nursing care facilities where they were. We also know that hospitals and hospital ships were empty and they were sent back into their nursing homes. Now, ignorance at the time may be the excuse, but we're a year later, and we should have learned the valuable lesson. There was a terrible loss of life. Many, high percentage of those, especially in the early weeks and months of COVID-19 that died, died in the nursing homes as a result of bad decision-making, mandates made by persons who are politicians and not physicians. And we need to be more careful whom we choose to make those decisions that may affect our lives, whether we live or die. We can get to the quality of life when we get back from the break. Hopefully the computer is working this time and we're going to take a break. Area code 609-593-9654, 609-593-9654. God bless you guys. Hello, this is Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel, Hamilton. I'd like to invite you to join us in worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You can also join us for live stream service on YouTube each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Each week is filled with excitement at Calvary Chapel, Hamilton. On Wednesday, we offer an adult Bible study as well as Awana for the kids and youth group for the teens. Monday evenings, we continue our series of deeper exploration of critical topics, currently the Revelation. Our passion as a church is to help others learn how to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Other specialized services and events are listed on our website at www.cchamilton.org. God bless. Looking for a place to hang out with family and friends and have a great time too? Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place for you. Dave and Steve Ruberton have kept traditions of the townhouse alive and well for more than 35 years. Open daily at 4 p.m., Rocco's Townhouse has a very large selection of microbrew beers, both on tap and in the bottle. Along with daily dinner specials, you will never walk away hungry. Looking for something different? Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar is the place located downstairs at Rocco's Townhouse. It's open every Friday and Saturday night at 7 p.m. and it doesn't stop there. Live events from some of the greatest local bands in the area make the evening better. Look to have your next event at Rocco's Townhouse and Rock Bottom Whiskey Bar. Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey is the place where everyone is meeting. Don't forget to visit them online at Rocco'sTownhouse.com or give them a call at 609-561-9384. That's 609-561-9384. Eight, four. Everyone meets at Rocco's Townhouse. And we're back. And I do want to share with you a couple of places you want to look <clears throat> if you want to continue further. One is Dr. Emanuel's attitudes about the elderly and disabled in his work on healthcare rationing in a pandemic. As, by the way, healthcare has been rationed during this pandemic. Make no mistake, uh, it's still being rationed right down to the vaccines that they believe are life saving vaccines are given to those whom they determine to be the most beneficial to society, whatever the criteria for that is at the time. I can tell you the man who is going to help make those decisions uh, has written an article and an op-ed in the New York Times where he outlines a case for rationing health care in favor of those who have the best chance of survival. 
The comment on this is this, of course, is to advocate for discrimination against those who are most vulnerable in this pandemic. And is clearly rooted in his perceptions of their quality of life or lack thereof. <clears throat> Again, we need to be careful what it is that we, uh, that we vote for. We need to pray and get to know and ask questions. You know, if we, ask the, uh, if we ask as many questions of those who are running for city council and freeholder as we do of whether we should or should not take a vaccine, maybe we would make our decisions with a much more informed basis. If we prayed about each and every decision as much as we discuss and scrutinize decisions like this, maybe we would make wonderful decisions because, you know, we have, we have the ability to act locally. <clears throat> I understand that we have a uh, president and a vice president elect that may or may not uh, agree with your religious convictions or even your moral convictions. But we have an absolute responsibility to pray for those who are in authority, and we have an absolute responsibility to encourage and comfort one another, even in the midst of times like this. Remember, you, you may be on the side that says, hooray, hooray, because the next four years are going to be wonderful now that bad is gone. Or you may be in the camp where I'm terribly devastated because that which I saw was good is now being replaced by that which I perceive as bad. I don't know which camp you're in, but we're in this camp, and this the camp is this, that we have an opportunity to represent Christ in the midst of this. Now, was the world yesterday a dark place spiritually? Yes. Is the world today a dark place spiritually? The answer is yes. Is the world going to be a darker place tomorrow spiritually? And the answer is yes. So what we need to do is we need to recognize that as Jesus tells us, in these latter days, the last days, things are going to get difficult. Men are going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to like themselves more than their neighbor. They're going to care more about me than they do about, I'm going to care more about me than I do about you is going to be the attitude. We're all going to say it doesn't matter anyway because this is all you get, just one life. Live it to the fullest, and if you're not, move out of my way because my life is too short to wait for somebody like you. The same attitude that you see on the expressway is going to be presented in life, and that is if you're in the wrong lane and somebody's coming up behind you, they have a right to threaten your life with their big bumper riding right behind you, flashing their lights like a madman. And then if you don't move over right away, they will just miss your bumper and then cut you off right in front of you and then slam on their brakes. And uh, if you don't think that happens, you haven't ridden on the expressway lately because it happens all the time. And it's not because people are just inconsiderate. It's they believe they have a right to be inconsiderate. If you're in my way, you're wrong. Get out of my way. I don't care if you're going 75 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone. If they want to go 80, they have a right, and you better move, or they're going to push you out of the way. And that, that mentality is now pervasive in society. And that is, I don't know how long we have, but I'm going to get as much as I can because it's all about me. I'm looking for number one, and I'm going to take it. We are told that this is going to be a sign. You're also going to see other signs that are coming, that the love of many is going to grow cold. And you're going to even find that which is the natural affection of mother and children. You're going to see that start to fade away. <clears throat> It's a topic for another night, that which is the natural affection of women turning away from loving their children, but expect it in society. Expect the bad things to happen. Expect terrible things in darkness. But in the midst of, midst of darkness, we get to shine a marvelous light. We get to be this ambassador of hope. Uh, and as we start to look at some of those uh, you know, amazing sections of Scripture. I'm going to read just a couple to you. 
Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, present or future, powers, neither height, depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can comfort one another with these words. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen john 15 greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friend ephesians 3:20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work, is at work within us. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them or the Lord your God, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord, my light, my salvation. There's no fear. Uh, Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 9. Keep this book of the law in front of you. Meditate on day and night, and you will have good success. Uh, All of the the Bible to encourage us to stand strong in the midst of adversity. Our challenge is going to come. You bet they're coming. Has 2020 slash 2021 been a year of challenge? Yes. Is it going to get easier? I'm praying it does. I don't know that it will. Um, Not to end on a sad note, but one commentary, not commentary, one uh, documentary I read said the vaccines probably are not going to be widely available until 2022. So buckle down. Like, okay, that may or may not be the case. I don't know. Uh, We've been through a year. Uh, Can we get through another one? Of course we can get through another one. We're strong and courageous. The Lord goes with us. He will hold us in his strong right hand. Are things going to get worse? Things are going to get worse, but our relationship with God, this momentary or light affliction, this is not worthy to be compared with the eternal weight of glory. That which we endure today only makes us stronger, gives us opportunity to demonstrate character, to be able to demonstrate that we are complete in Christ, and as such, we can represent him as strong, even in the midst of this opposition. Are hard times coming? Yeah, they're coming. Uh, As Political unrest coming? I don't know. Uh, How soon is political unrest coming? Yes. Is that because I look at the political climate? No, it's because I read the Bible. And the Bible says political (laughs) unrest is coming. Social unrest is coming. Civil unrest is coming. Religious unrest is coming. Uh, Eventually, mankind is going to get so terrible that invasions and wars and pestilence are going to be so rampant, and not to mention the earthquakes and even the earth's wobbling on its own axis. These things are going to happen, and what is our encouragement? Do not be afraid when you see these things. Look up. For your redemption draws near. Our, our natural inclination is going to be to look around and say, I can't understand what's going on. And it's going to cause us to start to look down, cause us to look down and start to look depressed and feel depressed. And we need to make sure that our hope is placed in the right place. Our hope is placed in Christ. Our hope is placed in glory. Our hope is placed in eternity. Our hope is placed in the one who holds eternity in his hand. So I don't fear death. I'm not looking forward to dying. I'm not looking forward to a painful death or a martyr's death. But I don't fear death because when I'm absent from the body, I'll be present with the Lord. I can comfort people with these words. I can be strong. I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. But I want you to be well-informed, to know whom it is that you've believed, to be fully persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed to him against that day. And if you are, you can stand strong. And if I'm feeling weak or faltering, then you can call in and you can encourage me because that's what we do. We strengthen one another. We encourage one another. And we need to. And the only place I can find absolute confident encouragement is in the word of God and the house of God. 
So do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Make sure you are in prayer. Acts chapter 2, you are in prayer, you are in fellowship, and you are in the Word. Get plugged into a good Bible-believing church. And if you are not plugged into a good Bible-believing church and you're anywhere near the Hamilton area, please come and visit us. We are 660 South Egg Harbor Road. If you want help finding a good Bible-believing church near you, you can send an email and we will help you get connected with a good Bible-believing church. Are there other good Bible-believing churches here in Hamilton? Yes, there are. We are not a lone ranger here. We are working together, the body of Christ coming together in order to glorify the Son and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that is not a one-man job. It is not a one-church job. It is the body of Christ's job, and we have the privilege to be part of this magnificent bride body of Christ and represent him in this world. So get involved in a good Bible-believing fellowship near you. And I will continue to pray for you, and let's start now. Father, we come and we invite you. There are difficulties ahead, but there are decisions that we need to make. And as we make these decisions, may the first decision be this. I trust you for my salvation. Right on the heels of that, Lord, I ask you for wisdom. Guide my step. Help me to be able to take the next step uh, of faithful obedience to you. And may you be glorified in it. Help me to love you with my heart, soul, and mind. And to love my neighbor as myself. I give you the freedom to instruct, teach, and mold me into the image of Jesus Christ. I ask that for our faithful brethren and those who are within the hearing of my voice, that they might know you and deepen their relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com.